0: Patriots, Freedom Fighters throughout Saskatchewan, across the country, and around the world, because there's a lot of people I just come to find out that are listening to the podcast that we put up, and a lot of them are listening to it from around the world, so that's a good thing. Tonight, I'm streaming to my four Facebook platforms. I'm streaming to YouTube, I'm streaming to Twitter, and DLive. I will upload this episode to Rumble and Odyssey after the show. And we're also live on TikTok. Hello, TikTok. Remember, TikTokers, keep hitting that like thing and uh, get the algorithms up so more and more people are exposed to it. Hello, Chuck from Kamloops. Hello, Diana. Hello, Carla, Linda, Marlene, Cheryl, Rhonda, Heather. What is it, Heather. Heather's like, what the heck? <laughs> Thanks, Jacqueline. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah. So here's the thing. I just uh, I just listened to somebody read Tamara Lich's um, statement today uh, in regards to some disunity that's happening within within the movement. Um, You know, I'm just going to, I'm going to go through the same thing I've mentioned numerous times on this stream in regards to unity. You know, this is a big movement. There's a lot of moving parts. We are made up of a bunch of people that are fighting for freedoms, individual freedoms, and freedom of speech. And so in that, we're not collectivists. We're not We don't move as one, we're not group thinkers. We're all individual thinkers, we're all individuals. And so because of that, there will always be what appears to be some division. I think we just have to learn to accept that. I think we just have to learn to deal with that. Everybody has different ideas, everybody has different solutions and that's okay. It has to be okay, cause that's who we are, and uh, so you know, within that, there's gonna be some some divisions, and and that's okay, as you know, as I've said before, we're a lot of us are on different paths, but we're all moving in the same direction, and like on the anniversary of the most beautiful protest I've ever seen in this country and we celebrate its anniversary. um, That's a perfect example of exactly what we saw. We saw all of these different groups, all of these people from one end of the country to the other, they came together for one cause, and that was to support the truckers and the convoy going to Ottawa. And that's what we did. Now, of course, you know, all of the love and and peace and and whatever all of that good feeling that was on the ground in Ottawa, uh, it's it's waned and there's some there's a little bit of drama. It is what it is. So uh, I I can't tell you how excited I am to have our next guest to sort of uh, you know help celebrate the anniversary of Canada's most impressive protest ever in the history of our country, and one of the guys that was leading that uh, convoy is with us tonight, Chris Barber, otherwise known as Big Red. How are you, my friend? I'm
1: really good, Mark. How are you tonight? Good to see you.
0: Good to see you, too, man. Good to see you, too. So, we're both in Saskatchewan. We would be failing our fellow Saskatchewanites if we didn't talk about the weather a little bit. How's the weather down there? <laughs>
1: Oh, it's actually just turned a little cold. It's snowing out a little bit. Yesterday it was plus two and melting. Um, yeah. yeah, if you don't like the weather in Saskatchewan, wait fifteen minutes wait usually. A of
0: minutes, yeah, exactly. Same here. <laughs> Yesterday was I was literally shoveling water on the sidewalk, and today I'm I'm blowing <laughs> snow because uh, it's yeah. frozen. So yeah, it's uh, it is what it is in Saskatchewan, isn't it? Do you guys got lots of it snow It is. We now? had. Tell me. <clears throat>
1: we do we have we have a fair amount yeah we're okay here for moisture you can always use that rain or the rain in the spring i hope that that's going to help out a lot more but yeah how about you yes yeah, saskatoon's done really well i think you got another few inches just the other day didn't
0: you yeah yesterday overnight we got i don't know maybe another inch or so or whatever it was but we've gotten quite a bit probably more than we've had in the last number of years for sure so yes uh, well
1: deserved here, we need definitely. it yeah absolutely
0: <clears throat> yeah so, what's going so, on, big fella?
1: Well, we're just busy. Uh, trucking's been just one load after the next, just trying to keep up with the demands of the customers right now. So that's always been a bonus. It keeps your mind off things. So, um, yep. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I just, I really want to go out to the shop and hit the key on red and take her for a rip up and down number one highway with a couple flags flying. But yes, I still weird. have it tore apart. She's not, she's not even ready to work right now. So. Yeah. Uh,
0: would, would that be something that you'd be allowed to do, given your conditions?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. My conditions are, I'm not allowed to support the convoy remaining. I can't, I can't say, Hey, let's, you know, go back. I don't want to go back. I don't feel there's a need to go back. It's done. It's over. It's had its peace. Let it, let it be. So yeah, as long as I play by the rules that way Um, you're speaking about Tamara and the opener there, you know, like everybody in this movement has to realize that that there's a few people out there that's rights have been trampled on. Tamara is one of them. She's living like, uh, you know, no social media, no contact. We've, Some of her conditions have actually been some of the worst for for the charges that she's facing. So, everybody needs to kind of remember that as they're, you know, being boisterous on social media. You know, there's certain people out here that can't
0: be. Right. And I'm just trying to figure out how we're going to do this here. Hang on a sec. Give me a second. I'm going to try something else. Mm -hmm. My internet
1: service might be a little iffy
0: tiktok are able to hear the conversation as well oh how's that for sound <laughs> can you hear me? Yeah. all right perfect Is there yep. any echo i'm just gonna ask the people in the chat if there's an echo because i've sort of moved to my headphones but if tiktok wants to hear then we have to be able to to do it this way okay. all right so it looks like it's it's okay so yeah uh it's unfortunate that um Tamara's had to go through what she's gone through and and she is one of the hardest hit of course uh, in all of this um, yeah so so what's the deal with with uh, Bridget and BJ and and all of that stuff what's because I, I did I did see her her release Tamara's release in response to that so I just kind of like to get yeah her
1: angle. I mean you've got a couple people that have been silent you know not looking for the notoriety and then all of a sudden you got a few people out there that have forgot the purposes and why they went, I guess. Um, I'm not sure what the purpose or what the – give me a reason for why they're doing what they're doing right now, other than notoriety, ego maybe. I don't think there's really any money there to be concerned about, but it seems like it's just a fight for power, unfortunately. I, I, if somebody can come up with an explanation for it, I'd be happy to hear. It's pretty saddening and disheartening to see what's been going on. You know, Keith, Keith Wilson, and have a have been our lawyers since day one. Right. Uh, I've found them to be very close personal friends. Now they're good guys. I mean, they will, they'll go to war with you. There's no sense to, to try and cause division or hate over, over them being part of the movement because they've done their part. Just no different than anybody else. Yeah,
0: hundred percent. And that's, you know, I mean, I'm, I was never involved in at any level with anything to do with the convoy course i was still recovering and and uh, and at home Mm -hmm. and very sad that i wasn't able to be part of that but just from an outsider you know sort of looking in um number one it is unfortunate but it is you know it's not something that's new to this movement unfortunately no um you know there there's there is a lot of egos there's no doubt about it there's there's a lot of that that goes on, and I think that's probably the root of most of what this is. And it is a, a power struggle, of course, um, you know. Uh, but um, at the end of the day, when I'm looking at it, um, I saw what B.J. Dichter did um, at the convoy when he left. And, and, I mean, there was no consequence, apparently, for, for B.J., and, and so I, I lost some respect for him at that moment when he just sort of took off and left Dodge. Uh, so I had, a, I had concerns with that. Um, and that showed me some of, you know, some character. I, I you know, I mean, other people stuck around and, and faced the music, didn't they, Chris?
1: Well, I mean, yeah, I guess you're right there. Um, I don't know where to start with, with BG. I've never had a problem with him. I think he's a good guy i met him once i honestly met him once and then he was gone for the next week he came back broke his ankle spent the next you know a little while in his hotel room hiding he couldn't move around um then they was gone. So he's writing books and, and I know talking to Tamara through the lawyers and she's read a bit of his book and she's questioning a lot of stuff that's in it. Like did, that didn't happen. So, right. you know, when you're writing a book like that, you need to have the facts down. Right. So, 100%. especially when you're talking about somebody like Tamara there and she can't defend herself.
0: No. And that's it. And that's a hundred percent. A hundred percent. I had somebody ask a question. It's a good question actually. Uh, can Chris address what amazing Paul we put out there? <laughs>
1: I don't know if I've seen that. I don't follow her. What okay. what was the gist of the
0: I you know what? I didn't really see it either. Uh I but I've heard some rumblings it, basically suggesting that yourself and and Tamara and a few others are sort of uh controlled op. <laughs> and of course I know oh, was, that was... To, I know that not to be true. <laughs> Uh, was like my arrest
1: you, fake? Is that is is that going yeah, down that narrative where it, my yeah. arrest was fake? And... Yeah, I can I can honestly tell you I've never been a political activist. I've never been any right. part of a protest. I've never never had time for it. I've always been out there working. But when the federal government came knocking on my industry and affected me, I that pissed me off to the point where I stood up. So <laughs> if that's if it. we are a controlled opposition, you know. How come I still have charges? How come I'm still facing four hundred million dollars in lawsuits from you know Paul Champ's lawsuit and four four million dollars under the uh, Ontario's uh, Attorney General's office? Like
0: and, and and so if I'm controlled opposition, how is that on you? How are you responsible for 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 this? How are you wrapped up in those lawsuits? I don't know. <laughs> you can if you can if you have to say I can't talk about it. By all means, tell me. But Qua?
1: I'm sure if Keith Wilson's watching right now, he's probably saying, Chris, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm the lead. I'm, I'm the lead. It's Lexi, Lexi, Zexi Lee versus Chris Barber is the first name on the, on the lawsuit for $400 million. And Paul Champ is trying to now drag people that donated money in the GoFundMe into that lawsuit. He wants those people responsible for it. Our lawyer who's representing us, who's actually representing everybody. Um, is saying it's probably a far-fetched and ridiculous lawsuit and it doesn't have any merit to it. But uh, Paul's pretty confident in himself, and we had a we had a we had a hearing here this last week. Um, a couple motions were presented. It's it, you have to prove that I said, "Hey, go honk your horn and annoy that person," and I never said that. So, right. And then you have to go and find that person that honked the horn and admit that he did it or she did it. So it's it's a it'll be interesting to see how it works out. It's not going to be something that's going to be done anytime soon. We're going to be fighting this in court for some years.
0: Well, and that's and and that's really I think ultimately what this is all about. It's all about lawfare, right? It's all about sucking yeah. as much as much resources out of people like you and Tamara and others. Um covid sort of exposed a lot of this uh and how vindictive government is. Um, when we all know that we all have a right to express ourselves, we all have a right to protest. And an interesting thing about the convoy was, and you had you had raised this when we were speaking together, that at no time, for example, were the borders actually fully blocked. There was there was lanes open, so so commerce could happen, right? and even Always. in ottawa there were streets that were open and people could move from a to b in in ottawa if they if they if they needed to so it wasn't that you had it all locked down
1: right Oh, absolutely not. And, and one thing we should note, too, that coots and Windsor had nothing to do with the protest going on in Ottawa. There was nobody that was a, a, involved with Ottawa. This was all just Canadian people being pissed off of the direction of their country. Um, Ottawa, the only roadblocks that were ever put into effect were the ones that the police actually put. So it was...
0: Well, and there was I was seven days... There was some discussion, too, sorry, Chris, was, that, that you guys weren't even planning on parking in, in downtown that was the idea no. when you were driving towards ottawa right and then all of a sudden you're escorted my, to downtown
1: my uh all the way out there from where i picked everybody up in alberta i was told that we had a couple different staging areas there was a major hills park um and so in confederation park i believe was the other one that we were allowed to stage at and portable you know we had everything we ever needed right there we weren't going to be a hindrance at all and Literally went for shit as we were pulling into town. We were all, guys were trapped out on the beltway, nowhere to go. Everybody wanted to be part of the activities. I could tell you, uh, my truck, Big Red, sat downtown Ottawa for seven days. I drove it out of downtown without any issues. I don't remember having any, I wasn't sitting in any police blocks. I To get out of the city was easy. It was the police that actually moved their bumpers to let us out. So, but to get back in.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, so a lot of this. A lot of this that they're basing, I think, a lot of these lawsuits and this is based on perception and narrative that they've created. This outrage, right? This this you know rage farming that they've been doing uh, and creating. When the reality is, uh, there was nothing. I mean, if you look at all the footage, and this was the other thing that I loved about the convoy is it showed the contrast between reality and what the media wants people to believe. And there's a Absolutely. lot of people that were exposed to that across the country and, and they saw f- with their own eyes all of the footage on the ground mm-hmm. and how much love and peace was was part of this, this protest. And then they'd watch the news and be like, "Wait a minute, that's 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 not what I saw," right? And I one person that comes to mind who I I think is fantastic in all of this is Heather Prozak, right? She was working for mainstream media. She went to Ottawa to see with her own eyes and saw firsthand what was happening and and it was amazing and completely different than what, you know, mainstream media was trying to paint everybody as.
1: 100%. I spoke with Heather actually a couple times today. I was doing a, I was doing a live with Joseph Brigo for Canadians for Truth and the upcoming event we have in Lloyd Minster. I'll just yep. throw a plug in there for that on February 9th. We'll be live in Lloyd with Theo and Jamie Saley and Joseph. So I did a live today, talked to Heather. She's an amazing person. You look at what she's went through in the last 12 months, lost her 100%. job because of that. 100% she did. And, yep.
0: and but again, I, you know, thank goodness that, that there was something created where we could show that contrast and show, you know, yeah. reality versus narrative building and perception and, and, and everything the media tries to demonize everybody with. And, and so, you know, thank you. Thank you for what you did. Thank Perfect. you for doing what you did and standing up and taking a whole lot of heat that you shouldn't be taking. I mean, I don't know. I watch your TikTok <laughs> quite a bit. <laughs> and, I mean, the amount of trolls that, that troll you just because of you, because of who you are, is it's actually quite funny, to be honest with
1: you. Well, it's because I fight back, right? Like, they expect – they expect to throw their little nasty comments out there and you just say, ooh, I'm, I'm a big boy. I, you know, you can say whatever you want to me. I've got thick skin, but uh, expect a retaliation or me to – and I've changed my ways now. Instead of being rude back, I, I have fun with them.
0: Right. <laughs> you can make right. fun of them. Yeah, 100%. You have to. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, all of this isn't – you know, if it wasn't for the convoy, Chris, um, you would still just be Chris Barber. Going about your business, driving truck, farming, whatever it is that yep. you do, uh, without all of the shit that goes with it, and so and I get it because I I I understand the shit that goes with it because I get a lot of it myself for what I do, and and so I I have to say I appreciate it um, the sacrifice that it takes because I get it, and you and Tamara and others that that have had to put up with the shitstorm, um, and it's completely it's completely upended your life right
2: mm-hmm. and not yeah, necessarily always a in a
0: bad way but but it's changed no. your life
1: yeah it's it and i don't like the way it's divided i guess certain segments of society you, you know there's people out there they hate my guts because of what we did and there's people out there that that think i'm a nice guy and you know anybody that has ever met me in person has always said the same thing i I'll give every five minutes to anybody that asks for it. You don't even have to ask for it. But being run through the ground like they've tried to do in the last year, the rent-free in their heads is all I can say.
0: Yeah, 100%. 100%, man. Absolutely. So moving forward, what's uh, what's in store? What's uh, What do you got cooking? Oh, trucking. Um,
1: I've had uh, my son wiped out on the ice here and busted his arm all to hell. So I've been driving his truck. Yeah, he's uh, he's down. So we're just working. It's it's we're, we're not even in spring rush with equipment yet. We're pulling drills um, with one truck. We're doing trailer loads with the other. I actually had two trucks on drills this last week. It's been nuts. It's been just nuts. I've got loads in Wisconsin. I got loads in Nebraska. I got a whole pile of loads that I got to get working. So Big Red needs to be up and running this weekend for some U.S. loads here shortly.
0: You're also selling some merch. Yeah. Where can people get yeah, your uh, merch?
1: <clears throat> well, the website is bigredmerch.ca. Yep. Uh, the lovely, talented Canadian chick on TikTok, Kim, has been helping me with the website designs and, and designing the clothes. She's uh, absolutely amazing. She's probably modding right now on TikTok, kicking yeah, the trolls off, she's right?
0: moderating <laughs> this live stream as we speak.
1: She's awesome. There's, there's two yeah, guys so, that are
0: talking together who tend to upset a lot of people on TikTok, so.
1: Oh, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about.
0: But... <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly.
1: Uh, yeah. She said, um, so we lost her, we lost her account here a little while ago. We we were yeah, selling, you know, we sold a lot of hoodies. I think upwards of 600 hoodies were sold, big red merch. Um, and then square payment processing shut us down for security
0: reasons. Wow,
1: yeah, Right. <laughs> so we're square. back up and running. Hopefully.
0: Yeah. That was square. Yeah. Mm. So who are you with now?
1: Well, we're not going to disclose who we're with because of security okay. reasons. Of course, we don't want it happening again. But uh, Kim's okay. got it all set up, and she's hoping to be up and running probably tomorrow again with the site. And when the site's back up again, she'll be selling these these baseball caps that I wear, the ones that Jonathan wears, um, hmm. stickers, bumper stickers, you name it. So there would be quite a bit of stuff going on there. Bunny hugs? Hoodies, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, we're in Saskatchewan, so we can call them bunny hugs. I know we can, but
1: we just we just get shit from everybody else outside of Saskatchewan. Of course,
0: yeah, yeah. all right.
1: No, so it's been yeah, good, so, so.
0: I, for whoever's watching, head on over there and get yourself a a bunny hug or a hoodie, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> a bunny hoodie. And uh, so you're heading to Calgary for Christine Anderson, are you?
1: Yeah, what date is that? The twenty third of uh, February. I think it's, uh, I we're think supposed it's 18th. to have a. Is it the eighteenth? Okay, February I'm getting my dates 18th. mixed up. I know Feb... February is going to be kind of a mess for uh, for being busy. The ninth is the Lloydminster Canadians for Truth show. Mm-hmm. I have a charter challenge coming against uh, my cell phone evidence that was released to the courts and to the media back, you know, when they broke into my cell phone. That's going to take place on February sixteenth, seventeenth. There's some – we'll see how that goes going forward. There's going to be definitely a – it's going to be a busy month.
0: What about Winnipeg? Is that on your uh, horizon?
1: No, No? I can't. Can't take part in that.
0: Yeah. So I'm I'm going to attempt to. I I have to be in Calgary with Christine Anderson on the 18th. Then I'm expected to be in Winnipeg on the 19th in the afternoon speaking – so uh, I guess I got to just drive all night from Calgary to get to Winnipeg to do that and then come home, I guess. Yeah, so, that'll be a long drive yeah, for you. Yeah, but I'll definitely see you in, in Calgary. Uh, and mm-hmm. and that's in Lloyd, you said, with, with Canadians for Truth, March 9th?
1: Yeah, that'll be on February, February 9th oh, February in Lloydminster. Okay. The tickets are, I can't remember what the website is, but Canadiansfortruth.ca is the website to go look at it. And the Canadians for Truth on Facebook, they can you can get tickets on there. I'd like to see a bunch of people. It's an awesome atmosphere with Canadians for Truth. There's Theo, Jamie, and the guests. You're out in the foyer visiting with every single person out there you can before the show, and the audience is interactive with the stage as the show is going on, and then after the show, you're back out in the foyer again visiting with everybody. It's it's an amazing time. I really enjoy that. I've been to right. just about all of them now.
0: So do you know where it is in Lloyd, where it's being held there? <sighs>
1: If I click off my phone, I wish I knew. Uh, it's at a theater, apparently.
0: Okay, so it's probably the same theater they did it the last time. Uh, Possibly. I went, I went there and, and attended um, Lakeland College Theater, I think.
1: Is that what it is? Okay, yeah, it it's like on Canadian for Truth website. Yeah. yeah. That's so many new informations. Tom Marazzo is going to be in Calgary on on um February 23rd I believe in Calgary for Canadians for Truth that'll be an exciting time to see him.
0: Yep. Yep, very good.
1: Christine Anderson, it'll be a busy month so.
0: Yeah, it is. It is going to be very busy. But that's good cuz all of this stuff um needs to happen. All of this stuff and it does. you know whether you like it or not, Chris, um you're now a leader in this movement and people look to you. Um, and so you have a job now. <laughs> I do. I've
1: got big shoes to fill, I guess. And I've had to mature a lot in the last 12 months. Fortunately, that's for the better for all, I guess. So
0: hundred percent, hundred percent.
1: Yeah. had coffee with my parents this morning when I woke up, I ripped up. They're about a half a mile away from my yard. So I went up okay. there and had a good old visit with them doing the country life thing. And, uh, yep. They're probably my biggest supporters, other than my wife and my children. So,
0: hundred percent. So I often talk about this, and 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 you're probably gonna agree that it's not gonna be necessarily the urbanites that pull us out of the mess that we're in. Um, It's gonna be rural folks that still, you know, cherish the values of self-reliance, self-determination, independence community Um, and we've seen that through all the town halls that we've done it's the rural folks that really you know they see it they see this attack on them and and we need to sort of activate those people to understand that their way of life is fully under attack so um, you know I I hope you're going to play a large role in that and uh, I would like to include you in some of the town hall events that we're going to do because it's important to get to your perspective because i mean you know that's 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 what you represent that's who you are
1: i am a country boy through and through i've uh i'm not really one of these guys that wants to live in this 15-minute city that the who hasn't or the WEF hasn't and that's not something that i'm kind of happy about um i did t- tim kramer's podcast on monday night and he said something very interesting that i repeat he said out of um 80% of society is asleep right now. And he said of the other 20% that's possibly awake, only about 2 to 3% of those of that 20% is actually willing to stand up and say no. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree with him. I believe that's actually probably true.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you know, and, and it's interesting because I've been in this for a, a long time in this arena, and for many years, um, I was speaking to nobody. I was literally screaming into a black hole where nobody was listening and since the pandemic um the numbers have increased dramatically you know and and people that are they're sensing that something is wrong something's not right and they want to hear the truth they want to hear somebody tell them what's happening so they can understand the world they're living in so it is happening It's just it's a process that's unfortunately going to take some time and and some pain before enough people come together that understand what's happening. And and then that critical mass can actually affect change. So it's going to it's going to take a while. It's going to take some pain.
1: I'm seeing a lot of people right now that are losing family members that were completely healthy and they're questioning, they're starting to question. I almost lost my sister-in-law just the other day to a blood clot in her leg. The thing thing is from her, from her hip down to the bottom of her ankle. Then they can't explain why. I mean, I, I I kind of shook my head and said, I can. Right. Come on.
0: Well, that's just it. And, and unfortunately for a lot of those people that, you know, are seeing this, they don't want to acknowledge the reality of it because if they did, they'd have to worry about their own mortality. Right. Because they've taken three or four jabs. So it's this weird sort of situation that, that we're in and, and, and I get it. I mean, you know, if, if you're one of the ones that was coerced or bribed or extorted to take this because of your, it's your livelihood on the line. Um, You know, do you want to accept that you're a ticking time bomb? Probably not, right?
1: And sad reality is that.
0: Yeah, it is. It is sad. And uh, it's going to get, unfortunately, sadder as we move along. Uh, There's a a lady that went to the legislature with Nadine Wilson a number of months ago, uh, Leah Dale. Leanne Dale, and she literally lives her life knowing that she's full of these clots and wondering when it's going to happen. Like, just imagine having to go through your life like that. Um, And, and, you know, there is apparently some treatments for this condition uh, that they're coming up with and some doctors are promoting, so you know, hopefully there's, there'll be some hope for folks, but I just, I can't imagine living a life like that and, and, and always wondering, you know, is today going to be the day?
1: That's the thing I've got, I live in the small community of Stewart Valley and we have a young, young lad, he's in this probably young mid thirties and he's been in a hospital for the last number of months. His body is completely full of clots. They've almost lost them multiple times and there's no excuse for it. The doctors don't know why.
0: Yeah, it's just, the, the corruption is um, is phenomenal. And at the end of the day, because of where we're at with all of this, are they ever going to stand up and say, yeah, we, we, we made a mistake. We, we screwed up. Are they ever going to well, do that?
1: I, I don't know. I know there's a handful of funeral home directors across the province of Saskatchewan that are, are seeing the clot situation and the grainy blood Yep. And they're they're wanting to speak up, but if they speak up, Saskatchewan Health Authority will cancel their license.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: And that's why is that
0: Well, and that's just it. And and so we as a community, as as people that live in this province, we have to pressure our government to stop it. To stop that. There has to be open debate, there has to be open discussion. I mean it's so obvious to everybody that's paying attention, and but again, it's the government. They're very vengeful. They're very spiteful. They're not going to admit they're wrong, um, because you know if they did that, then they won't get reelected. And so here well, we go in this in this cycle, right? So, but we have to continue yeah. to put the pressure on to force these people to acknowledge reality. Yep.
1: Quit pushing it. I told my daughter here she's got she's got both of her shots. She was pretty much bullied in school in order to get COVID vaccinated. Mm. And I'm the same. I'm fully vaccinated too. Under under my job, I need that to cross the border and feed my family. So I did that yeah. to myself. And I take her. You know, it is what it is. But my daughter, I said, you've got one or two shots, and I never want to see another one go in your arm. Right. Period.
0: Right. You know. Well, and that's it. And so, you know, the the good yeah. news is that after getting the shots that you did if there wasn't if there hasn't been any you know uh, side effects or or injury to this point then you know maybe you got one of the ones that were out of date or ineffective or you know that weren't at the right temperature or whatever
1: i've also heard that the it can take some time you know like some of the some of the people that spoke about this in the past have said it'll the the death rates will increase as of the first year and then get worse as it goes so i'm hoping they're not right on that there's so many stories out there it's hard to weed through
0: yeah so how do you reconcile that then with yourself
1: i don't know if you do do you like there's so much hurt out there when you have family members dying or being vaccinated injured beside you it's my father got the second shot in his gallbladder quit working and I watched my sixty-eight-year-old father. Just he went downhill really fast. He lost probably twenty, thirty pounds. At seventy years old, you're not going to gain that back. And and now I've he he shuffles when he walks because of it. Right. And he was pro-vaccine before that. He actually had very in-depth conversations about Chris. You need to do this for your family. Get the vaccine. We can all get better. Hmm. He thinks a little different about it now.
0: Yeah, of course he does. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, let me get offline here. And when I'm done uh, with my stream tonight, I'll send you a couple of links on some things, um, that you can do to mitigate that risk.
1: I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, man. So what else, what else is up in the life of Chris Barber, Big Red? Well,
1: Big Red will be coming. We'll see if I'm going to run it here in the next little while. Um, the hoodies have kept being extremely busy. I never thought I'd be, I'd be shipping printing labels and putting things in packages and helping make hoodies, but I've done that. And that was a, a hell of a ride. I've got an extra help now for this one. So hopefully if it, it's going to, I won't have to, I can't be part of it. I've, I lost my driver in November, unfortunately, to a health illness, so um, I've been running his truck now for the last while and then the last couple of weeks with Jonathan being gone with his broken arm that I've been kind of bouncing back and forth between trucks, so I got a good friend, Travis, who's jumping in in trucks and helping me out, get things done. Dale is the lease operator that's working his tail off for me too right now, so uh, yeah, Freedom Corp, which is the old entity of Freedom Convoy, I guess. Uh, Tamara and I are both part of that through the lawyers. We have a board about seven or eight people I believe um, we're working on these lawsuits trying to move forward on that it's really interesting mark we we need a bank account and because we, we have a not-for-profit it's licensed it's an in incorporation we've been flagged through the Canadian government but we cannot get a bank account in this country it's amazing have, we've been struggling with that for quite some time
0: have you tried Canadian Western Bank?
1: I don't know if you have or not. I'd have to double check on that. I know people were throwing names around in the board meeting the other day. So,
0: yeah, give that one a shot because they're, uh, right. I, I have an account with them and they're they're pretty good. So, check that one out. Okay, how, about the, how about politics in your future? Do you see politics in your future? At all?
1: <laughs> I've been approached by a couple political federal parties asking that same very question and I've kind of, meekly shied away from a bit i i don't think i'm a politician honestly i think i'm a truck driver and i Which could be somebody exactly with a big mouth exactly
0: why we want you as a politician because you're not one.
1: <laughs> Donald Trump did you just say
0: right right
1: <laughs> i See? love Trump he's he's i love the way he works on he twists the liberals up into pretzels most All days right. that's so, my favorite aspect about Trump so
0: just think about how much fun you could have as a politician
1: <laughs> Can you make a living? Because I'd have to have somebody run a trucking company for me.
0: Well, that's that's true. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not. <clears throat> You're not what?
1: Well, I, I'm I'm getting better with the public speaking thing, but you throw me in front of a crowd and I get a little. Yeah, hey, I could talk to you right there, and there'd be a lot of people watching, and I'm fine and perfectly comfortable like that. But standing up at a podium speaking, um, mm. I've been asked to speak with Christine Anderson in front of the crowd. Um, uh, I'm a little nervous about that, just making sure I know my talking points and not flubbing all over myself, I guess. I'm super excited to meet that girl, though. Like, that is going to yeah. be probably one of the highlights of the year, so.
0: Yeah, it'll be good. It'll be really good. But you know what? The public speaking thing, that just comes. That just, you know what? You fall into these roles, and you end up having to do it, and you'll just do it. And you're just Chris Barber, and you're just talking about what Chris Barber knows and, and, you know, from the heart and it's, it's actually pretty easy.
1: Definitely got some stories to talk about in the last year. I guarantee you that. So
0: there you go. Exactly. Absolutely. All right. So I'm going to work on you. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to invite you to some of our town hall events and, uh, and we'll get you conditioned. We'll get you ready to go.
1: (laughs) Do you got a favorite political party that the guy should run for here?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I do. Uh, provincially, I have the Buffalo Party, and uh, of course, federally, I'm a PPC'er. So, you know, and I have to choose obvious the obvious choice for me because I'm I'm so anti-globalist. It's I, I, there's no establishment party for me. It just they're not there. They don't exist because they're all globalist. So I, I have to choose something that's outside the establishment. And something right. that's new and grassroots, because we have to represent the people, and and that hasn't been happening.
1: I've been uh, I've been a staunch you know Saskatchewan Party supporter for many many years. Brad Wall, you yeah, know, one of I the best prominent premiers that we've had, you know. But as of uh, I think what hurt me the most was last October when not last October the previous year, twenty twenty one when the COVID vaccine passport was made mandatory and you couldn't enter a restaurant. And that was, you know, all these stupid mandates that were just put in here by our party, the people that are here to protect us. And uh, they lost me on that. They, they honestly did. And it did, somebody needs to say sorry for that before we can move past that. And I don't see anybody from the party saying sorry.
0: No. And they're still doing it. And they're still, you know, yeah. they're still, like I'm still heavily involved in... I got 11 tickets, each one's worth 2,800 bucks, sure. and I'm neck deep in court cases. That, you know, what are you doing? Not one of these governments, mm-hmm. Chris, across the board in any province that implemented these mandates and restrictions against the charter, under Section 1 of the charter, it says very clearly if you're going to limit the rights under the charter, you have to demonstrably justify the mandates and restrictions that are limiting the rights in a democratic and free society not one government in this in this country has done that they've none of them have demonstrably justified their actions because the evidence doesn't exist and yet here we are I'm, we're still committing millions of dollars in prosecuting people like myself who only gathered outside right
1: yeah outside you know, outside, you know. <laughs> Right, Tamara Lich, Tamara Lich, and myself are facing two to ten years in federal prison because of our our, uh, our the stuff we're charged with right now, like for mischief, counseling to commit mischief, obstruction of a police officer, and uh, what was the other one? Uh, defying a court order, and they're all counseling two charges too. So there's six indictable offenses there for.
0: And it's all, all where the priority of, is. It's all out of vengeance. It's all out of vindictiveness on behalf of the government. And, uh, I just, you know, I, I have faith that you're, that you're going to win these, uh, eventually that, that you'll come out on top because, um, I just, I can't imagine how you wouldn't, I can't imagine how you, how anyone would would lose in these situations. Uh, and I think, well, I just, I feel bad.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We've got GCCF has been looking after us, you know, and I know they're helping you out with a few of your cases too. Yep. They need to be recognized for being, being you know, the Democracy Fund in Canada, and then JCCF have been there right, right from the start with us. So these yeah. people are, John Carpe is is a good man, and he's been there right with us from the start, and, and he should be duly noted for that.
0: Yeah, 100%, and he's being targeted as well, right? Absolutely. Like he, he, he spent yeah. New Year's Eve in jail, for God's sake.
1: For, for and that's the part that just sucks. I wish people would open their eyes to that. It's been a 17-month investigation. He's been cooperating with the Winnipeg police over these allegations. Right. And then they just pull a big, where the hell did that come from? On New Year's Eve to arrest a guy and put him in jail for 23 hours or what it was? Like, right. Tell me you're you're being bought off without telling me you're being bought
0: off. Yeah, 100%. It's all just, it's so corrupt. But you know what? We all have to go through this. To expose it all for what it is, right? Yep. and 100%. and so and so we have to, and that's our responsibility. That's what we have to do. So, uh, my friend, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go. I know you're a busy guy. Uh, I appreciate you coming on and having a chat with us, and uh, you know, good luck to you and, and and thank you for everything that that you've done in representing uh, the values that we all that we all cherish. Thank you.
1: Appreciate it, Mark. No, it was good to see you again. And hopefully we can do more stuff in the future. Uh, maybe we we'll will. hook up at, uh, Christine Anderson. we will go for a visit.
0: We will hundred percent. My friend. All right. Okay. Take care of yourself.
1: Take care. Have a great night. See you. weekend, do you
0: brother. Bye now. Bye. All right. So. Our good friend, Chris Barber, otherwise known as big red. Um, <laughs> he's, he's good people. He's salt of the earth uh, guy. And he saw something that was wrong and he stood up to it. And, uh, you know, I appreciate that, I, uh, all these people. And of course, you know, I was still in recovery mode, um, coming out of a coma. So I wasn't able to partake in any of the festivities in Ottawa, unfortunately. Uh, and it's probably a good thing that I didn't go, because I'm sure I would have ended up in jail as well. Um, <laughs> and I was in no condition to be sitting in that jail cell, that's for sure. So it was probably a good decision that I didn't go. But I uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of what ifs in my head that I wish I sure wish I would have been there and and been part of it. Um, but there'll be there'll be more. This fight is far from over. Um. Yes, Chris has paid a price. Hundred percent. They all have. They all have. Tamara, all you know, everybody. Um. So I'm not done for tonight. Just so you know, I got Salim uh, Mansour joining us here in about fifteen minutes. So a couple of things I have to I have to deal with before Celine gets here. Um, the protest for tomorrow uh, for whoever's in Saskatoon and area coming in. We've changed the location instead of protesting outside the Shaw Center. And for any of you that don't know what I'm talking about, let me just uh, let me just help you understand what we're talking about so uh i got this i had this sent to me yesterday uh somebody wanted me to discuss it and blow it up so i said yeah let's do that let's blow it up so i got this sent to me and it says hi mums i have a question concern and i'm looking for feedback and this was this was on some facebook group i don't know i'm not associated with early this morning at the shaw center swimming pool a male that identifies as a female Was in the female change room and walking around completely naked. No towel, no underwear. I've spoken with a supervisor and was told anyone can use the change room, any change room, based on what gender they identify with. How can this be okay when little girls are in there? Am I the only one who thinks this is completely inappropriate or am I out of touch? No, mom, you are 100% correct. Uh, you have every right to be concerned. And there's... uh, So... uh, (laughs) So then I created this. And originally we were going to protest outside the Shaw Center. But really, ultimately, this is city officials who create policy that are putting our young... Children in jeopardy, and um, this needs to stop. And so we need to pressure City Hall. So the protest tomorrow isn't at the Shaw Center; it's going to be at City Hall. And so I just want I want everybody to know that um, we've changed the location to City Hall. Now, this protest isn't a protest against people who are trans, that's your own business. If you want to dress like a woman and pretend to be a woman in a man's body, that's your business. You do what you need to do on your time. I don't care, I'm not trying to tell you what to do. But what I will say is we need to stop the nonsense. We need to stop worrying about the feelings of trans people and worry about the security and safety of our kids. I've been a federal corrections officer. I was for 25 years. I understand pedophiles. I understand their their predators. They look for opportunities that's been created by our city officials in this town. And this isn't the only place this has happened at, by the way. Pedophiles, predators look for these opportunities. They get off on it. And we can't create policy in our public facilities that says if you are transgender, you change here. If you are a male and you think you're a woman... You're not going into the female change rooms. Vice versa, if you're a woman and you think you're a man, you're not going into the male change rooms. We're going to have a separate area. You can go into the stalls in the family area and you can change there. That should be a hard and fast policy. Regardless of how many feelings it hurts. So, again, this protest isn't about being anti-trans. What you do on your business is your business. Your time is your business. If you want to dress like a girl and pretend to be a girl when you're a man, that's up to you. That's completely your business. I don't care what you do. But you're not coming in as a man into female change rooms. And walk around naked with your junk hanging out. Because you get off on it. You sick. Sick. And pardon the French. I won't say it. You're just not going to do it. We can't have that. So we have to stand up to this. Like if we don't stand up. Obviously our city government. Our city mayor. And his council. Don't care about our kids. Obviously. So we have to. We have to answer the call. We have to ensure that our kids are protected and that predators, pedophiles, aren't going after our kids and aren't given the opportunity to harm our children. And my kids are growing up. Where are the parents? Where are the dads in all of this? Where is the people standing up and screaming from the rooftops, you're not doing this to my kids? I mean, even the lady that, that, that wrote this thing, questioning whether she's out of touch. No, ma'am, you're not out of touch. It's insanity that we're allowing these creeps, these predators, these pedos, access to our children in a change room. And he's walking around with his junk hanging out in front of our, our little girls. Come on. Can we not do better? Can we not force our city hall to change policy? This is insane. It's 100% insane. It's the same as our government, our provincial government, sponsoring drag queens reading to our kids. What are we doing? This is when it becomes our responsibility. We have to do this. I swear to God, if tomorrow I'm there at 2 o'clock at city hall and I'm there with 10 other people, I'm going to lose it. We have to take responsibility. We have to address this. And Saskatoon's not the only place. It's happening everywhere. We have to force our government officials, municipal, provincial, whatever, to act in what's our best interest instead of falling for this woke crap Instead of being politically correct, do the right thing. Protect our kids from these predators. And again, I'm not saying it's all trans. I'm saying the pedos will take advantage of the opportunity that you've created for them. And that's exactly what we saw in this example. Just some sick pedo that gets off being naked in front of little girls. It's disgusting. It's horrible that we're exposing our future to these perverts. We have to stop. There has to be a clear policy. If you, regardless of what you identify as, if you're pretending to be a girl and you're a guy, you get to use the family stalls to change. That's where you go. You don't go... If you're a man, into the female dressing room. You don't go if you're a woman into the male dressing room. That's just the way it is. You don't do it. Science dictates, biology dictates. Because if we allow this, that anybody can go anywhere, the pedos, the predators are going to take advantage. And we have to have the foresight to stop this insanity from happening. Don't we? The fact that this is even happening, it it blows my mind. The fact that it's even happening, and we're letting it happen, and parents are letting it happen. It's happening right in front of their eyes. And, and, And I can tell you, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, if that guy walked into that change room, he wouldn't come out alive. Are you kidding? Because we used to protect our kids from the predators. We used to stand up for them. We used to respect our children. And wouldn't allow that to happen. The fact that it's happening is mind boggling to me. And we just accept it. And parents just accept it because, oh, you know, we gotta we gotta feel for everybody. No, we don't. No, your job is to take care of your kids. Your job is to protect them from predators and not allow this to happen. So I hope to hell there's a thousand people tomorrow in front of City Hall at two o'clock. Please, please, I'm begging you. Stand up for our children. Stand up for our kids. This has to be something... That they're going to pay attention to. Our kids deserve it. Our kids deserve to be protected. And secure when they go to a public facility. That they're not going to be taken advantage of. By some creepy predator. Pedo. We, 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 we have to do this. And it has to be a massive response. By the people. To say, no more. Change the policy. Protect the kids. Don't we? Don't we have to do this? I think it should be done across Canada. I think every city, there should be this. This should be happening. And in making sure that feelings don't come before the protection of our children. So, tomorrow at 2 o'clock at City Hall, not at the Shaw Centre. There's no point in, in, in showing up at the Shaw Centre. Um, they're just doing what they're told by our city council who's created these insane policies. The responsibility lies right at the foot of Charlie Clark, the commie, and his commie councils. So, we need to speak up. We need to defend this. So, please, I'm begging you. Show up tomorrow at two o'clock on mass with your signs and don't make it about anti trans, make it about anti pedo, anti predator, and get them and force these people to change the policy. It's imperative, anyways. I gotta send a link to Salim, I forgot uh, that happens. Okay, let's just do this here. Hang on, okay. All right, Link sent. He should be with us shortly. Um, yeah. So, um Before Salim. Oh, yeah, there she is. Okay. So, we're going to talk a little bit about um, The Ukraine war and its expansion now to um, the Germans, of course, the Germans have decided to declare war against Russia. Um, So Salim's going to come in. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, Hopefully Salim has the link and he'll be here shortly. I got a video that i wanted to open our discussion with salim with and this is the german chancellor and our friend salim is with us hello salim good to see you my friend
2: good evening mark yeah good to see you yeah thank you
0: all right um uh, just give me a second, Salim. There's a couple of things I just got to work out here. TikTok, I'm going to shut you off because I'm I'm going to switch over to my headphones. Um, you guys will be able to watch this discussion uh, on my Rumble or Odyssey or YouTube or, or Facebook or whatever after. But uh, we got an echo with Salim uh, here, so I'm going to put my headphones in. And uh, you guys wouldn't be able to hear it anyway. So, anyways, thanks. Ciao for now. All right, Salim, I'm just going to put my headphones in so we can get rid of that echo.
2: Very good. Hi, Michelle. Um, I see you are on on, on uh, the comment section. Dominique, that is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, so you can hear me okay, Salim?
2: I, I can hear you.
0: Okay, very good. I'm going to play this video of... Uh, the uh, German foreign minister, as she declares war on, on Russia.
2: There's no sound, Mark. You have no sound? No, I don't have any sound from the video. That's strange. Okay, let's do this. Do it together and then we do not do the play game. Yeah, that's
3: But the most important and the crucial part is that we do it together and that we do not do the blame game in Europe because we are fighting a war against Russia and not against each other. Thank you. I have
2: Okay. Uh, was that loud enough for you? Because I'm seeing some yeah. of the comments and they're saying that they could not get it because it was not loud enough.
0: Oh. Well, I, can, uh, I can play it again.
2: Yeah. See I if can you can in, increase the volume.
3: to do more to defend Ukraine. Yes, we have to do more also on tanks, but the most important and the crucial part is that we do it together and that we do not do the blame game in Europe because we are fighting a war against Russia and not against each other. Thank you.
0: All right, all right, so uh there you have it. There's the German foreign minister uh essentially declaring war on Russia, not only declaring Germany at war with Russia but essentially declaring the e u at war with Russia
2: yeah i mean it's it's um a statement made by the foreign minister that means it has been cleared by her government by her cabinet. Um, and it's being officially stated for everybody to know that uh, what you and I have been talking about over the last 11 months or so, that this is the U.S.-led NATO proxy war against Russia in Ukraine. And now there is no disguising that fight. It is no longer hidden. It is now out in the open. It is a clear statement by the German Foreign Minister Annalena Baerbock that um the European NATO members, that's NATO, is at war with Russia, not with each other. There is no disagreement among them. So there you have it, you know. And so, in a sense, Canada is involved. Canada is a co-belligerent. We have made Russia our enemy. And I don't know whether you or I or anyone else voted for this situation in which we find ourselves as a co-belligerent in a war against Russia, which is, you know, uh, was creeping up all the time. And here we are. And whether people are waking up to this fact and thinking about what this means going forward.
0: yeah I I'm not, I'm not entirely sure and I'm, I'd like to get your opinion, Salim is is with the expansion of this now, what's the end game? Like what what do they want from this? I mean, if they continue to push, they're going to
2: get nuclear. Well, I mean, it all began by the statement way back now, uh, going all the way to uh, February of last year, when the special military operation started uh, on February 24th, that the United States and other NATO members are going to support Ukraine in defending its borders and maintaining its sovereignty and independence. That was the, uh, you know, um, excuse provided. But, of course, that excuse was provided in the context of uh, the special military operation that Putin launched on February 24th. There was no discussion. In fact, it was all erased and censored. What is the backstory that led to Putin's special military operation? It did not happen out of the blue. It did not happen without, you know, um, reasons that were clearly set forth and laid out by Putin uh, in Moscow for the world to know. So there was no mention of any of that. It was as if all of the Ukraine story begins uh, on February 24th with the Special Military Operation. So we have seen an incremental increase uh, on on that support that came from the European members of NATO led by the United States over the last 11 months. When there was an opening in March April of 2022, when we all came to know that those of us who were following these events, that um, Ukrainian uh, uh, delegates, diplomats, uh, and Russian delegates and diplomats were meeting in Turkey, in Istanbul, under the aegis of President Erdogan of Turkey. And Turkey is a NATO member state that they were meeting there to discuss a way to end this special military operation. What happened then was Boris Johnson, who was the Prime Minister at that time in Britain, immediately flew out to Kiev and read what now we know was almost a riot act, that Zelensky has no authority to engage in such discussion and that NATO led by the United States was going to remain behind Zelensky. that there will be no uh, ceasefire, no peace settlement unless and until the status quo is restored. The status quo meaning that the Russian withdraw its forces from the Donbass region and all that had happened between uh, February of 2014, the Maidan coup, mm. and the escalation of the conflict inside Ukraine, in which the Kiev administration of Zelensky, and before that of Petro Poroshenko, who was brought into office after the overthrow of the elected president, uh, Yankovych, Viktor Yankovic. Um, all of that is sort of no longer of any meaning to the powers in the West, that is to Washington and then to Brussels uh, and the NATO headquarters and the NATO members. That is that period, almost eight years that preceded the special military operation in which there were agreements that had been made after the coup in uh, February of 2014, the Maidan coup that overthrew Viktor Yanukovych's government and Viktor Yanukovych had to flee. Uh, There were agreements signed, the Minsk one agreement and the Minsk two agreement under uh, the negotiation led by uh, Germany and France. The German Chancellor Angela Merkel and the French president at that time, Francois Hollande, with Putin, the Minsk agreement being that Kiev regime would stop stop engaging and bombarding the Donbass region with its majority Russian-speaking Ukrainians, that they would honor the agreement in which Kiev would stop uh, uh, taking away the rights of the Russian-speaking Ukrainians from their use of their language, their culture, their position uh, within the Ukrainian constitutional arrangement. Uh, That agreement, Minsk 1 and 2, we now know by the admission of Angela Merkel that that agreement that Kiev signed was to buy time for the Ukrainian regime in Kiev, that everyone in NATO understood that that agreement was not going to be enforced by the signatories who had guaranteed the agreement, uh, and that Moscow and Putin had been played. They had been deceived. Uh, this was the buying of time. And that buying of time was to build up a whole Ukrainian armed force with, of course, the Ukraine Nazi regiments, the right sector, and the Azov battalion, and the brigades integrated into the Ukrainian armed forces, armed and trained by the United States and other NATO partners, um, and equipped to carry on their agenda of ethnic cleansing in the Donbas region, and crush the, um, the provincial government of the Don, of, of Donetsk and Luhansk oblasts So, as that activity, incrementally, during this eight-year period, started to grow and death and destruction started to mount, Putin gave warnings. Those warnings were ignored. And then... Luhansk and Donetsk are the two uh, autonomous uh, provinces in Ukraine. They voted in their own legislatures to declare their sovereignty. And then they voted, that would come later, but they voted to ask as uh, sovereign entities for defense for support from moscow that was then the basis of moscow launching a special military operation which is the russian term used for what has been now understood clearly over the past 20 25 years that the united nation or its member state have responsibility to protect people Or regions that are facing genocide or ethnic cleansing and that is what was happening in the Donbass region. So Putin responded to that request. It is not simply Putin responded, it is the Russian Federation Parliament, the Duma responded authorizing Putin as the president and the head of the military, the commander-in-chief of the Russian Armed Forces to provide assistance and support in defense of Donetsk and Luhansk. And under those agreements within the Russian Federation and the appeal made by the two uh, now um, sort of independent uh, uh, governments in Donetsk and Luhansk, Putin's response came under what Putin laid out, that it is under the UN Charter, Article 51. And he went in, his forces went in to defend. So that was in February of 22, 24 February 22. And they, they tried to negotiate an attempt to bring all of this to an end, just as... After 2014, Crimea had its referendum to join uh, the Russian Federation and Putin sent in the forces and took Crimea, which had always been integral to uh, Russia going back to the mid-18th century. Right. Uh, so. So all of this was laid out, but from the point of view of Washington and the Brussels and the NATO member state, none of that mattered. What mattered was that the Ukraine war was to be used to bring about regime change in Moscow. Another color revolution. You right. had right. the color revolution in uh, 2014, February in Kiev that overthrew uh, Viktor Yanukovych. So, that was not going to happen. So, the war gradually, you know, uh, became more and more intense over the summer into the fall. At the end of the summer and early fall, there was a referendum in the Donbass region that is Donetsk and Luhansk. And in that reference, the overwhelming vote by the people of Donetsk and Luhansk was to join, that is to accede to Russia to become part of the Russian Federation. And then subsequently the Russian Duma announced under their own legal framework that Luhansk and Donetsk, just as Crimea before that, has now been integrated into the Russian Federation. In effect, part of the Donbass region is now Nova Russia or part of the motherland, Russian motherland.
0: But it's also important to understand too that that the Russians in, in that region were also being annihilated by Nazis, right? Yeah, but- Absolutely, and, and, and so they 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 did it in their best interest for for protection, so they could stay alive, uh, you know, by by being with Russia, and and of course, out of survival, that's what people will choose to do. And and another point to all of this that I want to make as well is, and that we've talked about this before, but during the Maidan protests, protests that were. Initiated by what they framed as nationalists, trying to protect their sovereignty and their their identity, uh, very quickly was hijacked by internationalists. Uh, and, and very soon into those protests, we saw the EU flags flying in, in, in the protest group. So you, you saw that it was hijacked by, by, by the EU and, and by probably the UN and and world economic forum and then of course deposing the president that was democratically elected and replacing him with with uh, with zelensky who's a world economic puppet and and so it's it's all very obvious if anybody's paying any real amount of attention
2: right Um, I I would only say uh, uh, sort of a qualification to your observation that it was not hijacked. The World Economic Forum is an integral part of the European Union, is an integral part of NATO. These are different faces of the same organization, all of them as vassals of the United States. NATO is, 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 is the military arm of the United States in Europe. And it is basically the United States dictate the policy, you know. But don't other- you think,
0: Salim, don't you think that the Maidan protests initially were started with nationalists, with people that wanted to protect their sovereignty and their country's interests and identity. But that those that those protests were started and then they were hijacked by by internationalists, by globalists. Do you not
2: do you not think which, that which which you're going back to 2014 or before yeah. 2014? 13, 14, yeah. Well, the 2014 uh, protest was orchestrated by the right sector, by uh, the, right. Uh, right. the 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 They, you know, so they they were brought in. I mean, all of that is not in on a historical record. Of course, the big tech might, you know. Uh, remove them, and people will not be able to find them now. They might use their own algorithm and censor them. I mean, the, the, the uh, Victor uh, Vic, uh, Nuland, Victoria Nuland, the Assistant Secretary of State uh, in 2014, now the Deputy Secretary of State in the Biden administration, was the point person in the Obama-Biden uh, uh, administration in ch- 2014 in kiev directing the um the the orchestrated protests she was found she was seen going around in the maidan square handing biscuits and cookies to the protesters She, the one who said you know f you to european union you know when they were negotiating right. who should be forming the government uh, after Mm Viktor Yanukovych had fled. So all of this, the American ambassador, Georgi Piat was there, Victoria Nuland was there. These were all being done right, you know, in the face of the people. So, yeah, I mean, um, it was orchestrated by the by, the uh, Ukrainian right sector fascists, by the oligarchs, the Ukrainian oligarchs. I mean, um, Zelensky was simply an actor, uh, a comedian, um, in one of the um, television stations owned by this Ukrainian oligarch with the name Igor Kolomoisky, a Jewish Ukrainian who has now basically gone away to um i believe israel uh but you know it is his money it was his money that his money meaning ukrainian money that he had pillaged and plundered over the years i mean ukraine is is right at the bottom of the 190 plus countries in the world in terms of corruption it is basically a laundromat for the uh money being you know laundered through Ukraine it is the hub of all sorts of international crime, sex crime, sex trafficking, drug trafficking, arms trafficking and and so on um, and so yes I mean this was this this was more and more known. the other fact is that Ukraine, Electorally, was a completely divided country right through the middle. On the one side are the non-Russian-speaking Ukrainians, that is on the western side, that is west of the river Dnieper, and then on the eastern side of the river Dnieper, uh, that is the Donbass region, is predominantly uh, Russian-speaking Ukrainian, you know, uh, with a connection to Russia. So the elections that have taken place in Ukraine, the 2014 election, 2010 election, which Viktor Yanukovych won, was an election that was, he got his majority vote, uh, 50 plus one vote from the Russian speaking Ukrainians. The president before him Uh, got the votes from uh, the non-Russian-speaking Ukrainians, you know, the people in the Galicia region and so on, west of the River Dnieper. So Ukraine is, was, is, continues to be a ethnically divided country um, for the longest while. So coming back to the present situation, you ask, what is the end game? The end game from from the point of view or, or the goal and ambition of the United States, uh, in which they have corralled the European uh, members of NATO, uh, vassal states of the United States, has been going back to the 1990s, uh, the eastward expansion of NATO to bring all of Eastern Europe under the umbrella of nato and push against uh, russia eventually if they cannot bring about a regime change in moscow to take on russia defeat russia and dismantle russia
0: mm-hmm.
2: that's the end game but but this is an escalation we what the video that you showed that was only about two days ago the announcement that came through with with the uh, German government finally under pressure from the Americans and the Poles and some of the other European member states, um, that is um, NATO member states from Europe—Latvia, Lithuania, uh, Estonia, etc.—on the Baltic, um, and and Sweden and Finland waiting to join NATO, the pressure to get the Germans to agree to send the German tanks, uh, which is, I believe, um, the latest uh, tank uh, that has been uh, put together within the NATO in Europe. And it is a German manufacturing to get the German tanks uh, in the hands of the Ukrainians Uh, Germans have been very reluctant and, you know, we can go through that history, why they have been elected. I mean, here we are, we are speaking um, now 72, 73, no, 82, 83 years later, as we speak, in 1941, it was German who invaded Operation Barbarossa that was launched in June 1941 uh, against Russia. And it was German tanks with the Iron Cross markings that crossed uh, Poland and entered uh, the frontiers of the Soviet Union, going all the way in towards Moscow and towards the Caucasus, to Leningrad, etc. The massive war that was fought, you know, as we are speaking, 80 years ago, The Battle of Stalingrad was taking place, you know. Millions of people lost their lives at the end of the war. So, once again, this was the fear of the Germans. They didn't want to get involved. That that German tanks with iron cross markings will again be seen in Ukraine taking on the Russians, you know, and and bring or, or revive that memory. I mean, the Russians are not going to take it, you know. Uh, easily or lying down. There's going to be eventually a massive counter response to this. But the Germans were reluctant. The British forced them and ultimately the Americans forced them. When Biden announced uh, earlier this week that he is authorizing the uh, sending of American M1 Abram tanks, 31 of them, uh, to Ukraine. The, the, the British are sending their Challenger uh, tanks, uh, 14 of them, I believe, the number has been announced. The French will be sending parts of it. Of course, Canada is not behind. Canada is sending four. I suppose four will make a big difference. But the fact is Canada is there sending it. Canada has already been sending weapons and equipment and money. Uh, so finally, when the German agreed uh, to do this, That's the statement that you played out, is that no longer this matter is hidden and disguised. It is now an all-out European war. The theater of the war is Ukraine. And you must not be confused by that. The theater is Ukraine. That is, the casus belli is Ukraine. But it happened because of the decision made in Washington. And those decisions that were made in Washington historically go back to the mid-1990s, the breaking of the promises made to Gorbachev, and then Yeltsin, and then um, uh, Putin, and the escalation, step-by-step, incrementally, to where we have now arrived. We are going up the ladder of the Conventional war, the high-end conventional war that we have arrived at. And the next step is uh you know raising it to the nuclear level, you know. On both sides, uh the Russians have made it clear that their that that their red line has been crossed and they're not going to accept it any four more, because is this this is an existential threat to Russia, just as the Cuban missile Crisis was an existential threat to a threat to America, you know, uh, but but the Western powers, that is the United States, have totally, totally, there's the Biden administration, and before the Biden administration, it was the Obama Biden administration, uh, going all the way back to the Clinton administration, they have not only ignored the warnings of Russia, they have humiliated Russia, they have, you know, raised the stakes with Russia, and now they are threatening Russia with, a. You know, Undeclared war. Right. So this is where we have arrived. And. My. My. My concern. That. that This is not. Something. That. We. No one of us. Can see. This. As a smoke and mirror operation. This is. A really. We. Are. At the brink. Of a. Possible nuclear war.
0: I just want to play uh, a clip from a video I watched here, Salim. Uh, in 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 regards to this, uh, give it one second here. Sorry, guys.
3: Ukraine, you will benefit weapons, contractors, everything. Ukraine will be your breadbasket watch. It is obvious that American business can become the locomotive that will once again push forward global economic growth. We have already managed to attract attention and have cooperation with such giants of the international financial and investment world as BlackRock, JP Morgan and Goldman Sachs, such American brands as Starlink or Westinghouse have already become part of our Ukrainian way. Your brilliant defense systems such as HIMARS or Bradley's are already uniting our history of freedom with your enterprises. We are waiting for patronage. We are looking closely at Abrams. Thousands of such examples are possible. And everyone can become a big business by working with the Ukraine in all sectors, from <laughs> weapons and defense to construction, oh. from communication to agriculture, from transport to IT, from banks to medicine. And I believe, that freedom must always win it's like a ear version of like an epcot ride like yeah the future of tomorrow
0: here in ukraine you come and you get to see the future the great like
3: american s- way yeah, right. we have capitalism and we want consumerism and as long as we m- maybe i don't do the death first okay maybe i don't understand capitalism but like this this sounds to me like if i if i own like a sandwich shop and then i give clayton like a hundred thousand dollars to come and buy all of my sandwiches and i'm like look how much money you made <laughs> right Yeah, exactly so 100 percent. all right
0: hang on okay
2: Well, I mean, the insanity that we are watching and witnessing, what does any of this mean in the context of a nuclear war? It seems that the people have been so dumbed down or have become so dumbfounded that they have no sense Mm. what they are talking about and what we, the people, understand. None of this matters. I mean, UN Agenda 2030, freedom, religion, Christianity, Islam, Judaism, you know, Eastern Orthodoxy, Catholicism, what have you. What does it matter? Any of these things have any relevance under a mushroom cloud? Right. This is why I have said, and I discussed this with uh, with with Maxime. My point is, and Maxime, reiterated our discussion in his podcast, that there is no just war in a nuclear age, especially with a nuclear power. There is no just war. Putin has said that if Russia is not going to exist, then the rest of the world will not exist.
0: Right, 100%
2: so what are we talking about what is this black rock yeah i know that black rock and vanguard that together control over 70 percent of the world economy mm-hmm. we know that mm-hmm. you know and all of the all of the other thing we know that Klaus schwab is still dreaming of along with Soros, they're having wet dreams about how they're going to get a one world uh, put together you know yeah, all, all of that, and so including our, our Prime Minister, you know, whether he's being heckled in Hamilton or whatever his wet dream is. What does it matter, any of this thing matter, if right. we are on the ladder of escalation mm. going to a nuclear Armageddon? Right. Can anybody explain that? And so, coming back to this point, my, my point is, where are the people? yeah in my lifetime i was a teenager when the vietnam war was taking place and i was in south asia and india and we were a teenager we were in school but the world was engaged in protesting the vietnam war you know and it was no it was american there was a massive anti-war movement that began you know in the mid-60s with the civil rights movement that that converged with the anti-war movement that carried on till the end of the Vietnam War when the Americans left defeated, you know, they they left uh, Saigon behind and came out of it, you know, and after almost 15 years of this war that ravaged Indochina, that is Vietnam, Laos, Cambodia. You know, over three million people, Vietnamese and 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 Indo-Chinese, were dead, and and migrants. You know, all around uh, uh, Southeast Asia uh, and 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 so on. Uh, chemical warfare and and uh, you know Agent Orange and the destruction of that part of the world with almost. 58,000-plus uh, Americans dead, soldiers dead, what was there to show? Well, what was there to show was massive, massive, massive profit by the military-industrial complex right. and all its related organization. It didn't matter that millions of Vietnamese were dead, millions of Indochinese had become, you know, homeless, Children have been destroyed, maimed, you know, limbs torn apart, uh, and so on and so. It didn't matter. They made the billion. But the point is, the Vietnam War was a conventional war. Mm. You know, we are not talking conventional war anymore. We are talking. You, you Russia, is the uh, with the largest nuclear stockpile in the world. We're not talking about Iraq. We're not talking about uh, Vietnam. We are not talking about Libya or Syria or Serbia. We are talking about a nuclear superpower that was Soviet Union would collapse in 1991. Russian Federation is at the heart of the reconstructed countries that have emerged from the body of the dead Soviet Union. And the Russian Federation is the largest of that body that has re- emerged as an independent sovereign state. And it has the world's largest nuclear stockpile. And they have developed their own arms industry to meet their own defense need, which is exactly what they're faced with right now. So This is the situation.
0: To encapsulate it, it's essentially the globalists trying to force Russia to heal. To fall under their umbrella—that's—that's that's what I see this all being orchestrated for, and 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 obviously the the consequences don't matter. In fact, they're using a lot of the consequences to achieve what they want to achieve.
2: Well, they—they—they're playing. Uh, the, that is uh, Biden and company. That is Tony Blinken, Lloyd Austin. Tony Blinken is the Secretary of State. Lloyd Austin is the Secretary of Defense. Victoria Newland, who's the Deputy Secretary of State Jake Sullivan who's a National Security Advisor. These people are playing a Russian roulette But they're playing Russian roulette with all our lives hanging in the balance. Ask Anyone in Canada hmm. from coast to coast to coast Whether they're people of the First Nation whether they're uh, people of European descent or people of the recent immigrants of the last half century from all over the world in Canada. Ask any one of them in this population of somewhere around about 37 million people, do you know, do you understand your government is going to war with Russia that can go nuclear because of Crimea? because of Donbass region. I don't think even a fraction of 1% of Canadians will be able to identify Crimea or will be able to identify Donbass region. So what is our stake over here? We have no say in the matter. And yet, everything about us as Canadians can go up in flame. Mm. You know... And, and there we are, we are sleepwalking. So that's what was my second con- concern, that what has happened, I mean, we used to, we even as recently as the Iraq war of 1990s, we saw massive demonstration in our streets. That is, you know, peace, peace campaign, no anti-war campaign. We saw it in, in Europe, we saw it in Canadian cities, we saw it in American cities. Over the last 60, 70 years, and going back to the Vietnam War, there have always been an anti-war movement to stop and hold accountable the warmongers in Washington, in London, in Berlin, in wherever, you know, uh, hold them accountable and stop them. But for the first time in my life, I see We are all silent. There is not single. I haven't heard the Pope come out. I haven't heard from the Archbishop of Canterbury or the Archbishop of York. They
0: all want it. No,
2: No, there's no religious leaders in the Western world. We're talking about the Western world. That is Europe. Europe is a member of, you know, European Union and NATO. Not a single religious leader is out on the street. There are no public figures like... What Bertrand Russell was, I I think not too many people now will remember who Bertrand Russell is. Mm -hmm. But the man, you know, devoted his life to anti-war campaign, going all the way back to World War I and through the Vietnam War. And and people of that stature, there's not one. Mm -hmm. So how has this come about? It goes back to how sick, how devalued, how immoral, the Western culture and civilization has become.
0: Yes,
2: 100%. I mean, you, I heard you from the back screen a little bit, not all of it, but you were talking about, you know, uh, the situation in in, in in your part of the country, in Saskatoon, with drag queen and men walking around, you know, undressed in women's uh, toilets, etc., etc. How this has come about? It has come about because we no longer, our state, our country, our leader, our public intellectual, our religious leaders no longer have any moral conviction of their own to stand by because they become totally relativist, totally amoral, if not immoral. When a man can be a woman and a woman can be a man, there is no longer any moral foundation to the Western civilization. This is where we have arrived. And mm-hmm. so we are talking about, and that's Zelensky, you know, Zelensky has been going in, his people have been going into the uh, Orthodox Church, the Eastern Orthodox Church, which is still under, in a sense, the umbrella of uh, the Russian Orthodox Church and the and, and the Russian Patriarch in Moscow. They've been going in that church and desecrating those churches.
0: So, but, that's but so hearing
2: about it, you know,
0: but so... Obviously, NATO and NATO countries, EU, they all understand ultimately what the consequence is in all of this.
2: They have. I to. doubt. Uh, you know? well.
0: Uh, I mean, when, 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 we're talking when, about we're talking about a nuclear war, we're talking exactly. about Armageddon. We're talking about the destruction of the planet. They yeah, have to yeah. know this. So what's their end game in all of this? How do they, how do they, take benefit from what they're doing if all is lost?
2: Well, you're talking about. I, un, I now assume you're talking about they mean the people holding power. That is Biden yes. and his administration, yes. right? Yes. In France, Macron and his administration, in Germany, all of Schultz and his. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I can only guess what is going on in their ma- my mind, and what what I can guess is that none of them believe that pushing Russia to the corner, as they are doing, can lead to uh, a nuclear exchange, a nuclear war. They are confident that they are in control, and that is not going to happen. They can just escalate this to the point where either there will be some sort of an internal coup in russia and uh, fearing fearing further escalation of the war and bring down uh, putin uh, and then they will negotiate with whoever replaces putin but even uh, Celine, it, even it, i know
0: even i know that russia will never back down agreed even i know that Ninety percent of the Russian people support their president in defending their interests. They're they're Agreed. not they're not going to have a coup to bring Putin down internally. If I know that, why don't they know that? Is it just arrogance and ego?
2: Yes, yes, it's a it's a lot to do with arrogance and 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 ego. Uh, when uh, have any one of us have seen? A leader in the West we are talking about now, uh, a leader, say, you know, on this and this policy, we made a mistake. I'm sorry, you know, and never hear that. <laughs> and 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 and, and back, backtrack from the position they had taken. You know, have you seen that? I haven't seen that. There has been so many wars. Over the last 30 years, since the collapse of the Soviet Union, that has turned out to be disastrous, not only for the people upon whom the war was waged, but for the people who waged the war. Take the example of uh, uh, the elimination of Muammar Gaddafi in Libya in 2012. What happened? Gaddafi was the man who controlled that part of the region and prevented, you know, the traffic between mm-hmm. Africa and Europe by removing Gaddafi. That man and that obstacle was removed and African immigrants, migrants moved across the Mediterranean into Europe. The same thing happened in the Syria. And, and and the movement that took place and that's not too long ago. we are talking about 2013 2014 when Angela Merkel demanded that the European Union open the door to receive the migrant you know and over a million migrants poured in. well, it's now in multiples of million that the that the Ukrainian population is pouring into Europe mm. you know and will be coming across to. Um, North America, you know, and will be brought to North America by both the Canadian and the American government. So there it is, a destruction of their homeland, creation of migrants, and bringing those migrants, you know, opening the door to the migrant into... North America, apart from in, in the case of United States, the southern border is open and, and, and people are pouring in, you know, over 3 million people have poured in from Central America and, and from South America. So the point is that uh, they have never, not one has said, look, you know, whatever we calculated, that policy has turned out, you know, negative for all of us and we are sorry about this and we're going to correct it. They haven't said that. They never said that about the Vietnam War. They never said that about the Iraq War. I mean, they talked about weapons of mass destruction. There was no weapons of mass destruction, and millions of people were killed. Hmm. They've never said that, you know. So, so. They, these people are not going to say that that comes back to we, the people, and ultimately it is we, the people. You know, I mean, it is the American uh, Congress that has been uh, putting out money that Biden administration has been demanding. And they have been, you know, printing money and they have been sending that money to Ukraine, which will be laundered back Um through the hands of the special interest group back into America and into the hands of people like zelensky and his people in in uh, mm-hmm. ukraine but we the common people are the ones who are paying for all of this and we mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. suffering mm-hmm. you know so the question comes back to what has happened to we the people mm-hmm. and i'm sad to say i am in in, in a terribly despondent sense saying this, you know, that we the people have become thoroughly corrupt and bankrupt in terms of our culture, our values, our understanding. If there is no father and mother enraged walking into the office of Scott Moore, you know, with pitchfork to say, how dare you open whatever that you have opened where my daughter has to be confronted with naked men, you know, claiming to be women walking into their, you know, uh, uh, dressing room.
0: And I look forward to reporting to you tomorrow how many people show up tomorrow to face City Hall and to tell City Hall how wrong they are and what they've created in policy. Um, We'll see tomorrow, but it it better be a lot of people or I'm going to be just as despondent as you are.
2: Right, but I'm looking at the pattern. I'm not looking at a one particular yes. region. I'm looking at the pattern. The pattern is, I mean, where it is, you know, in Canada, I, uh, I, I spoke to Maxime two days ago, and I appealed to him. I said, Maxime, you're the only man, you know, raise your voice. I know the media is not going to carry it, but let us all come together. Let us find a way to raise the voice of no war. Right. This, is not, this is not, you know... Uh, We are sitting here playing Russian roulette. This is real. Real Real-time situation. Time is urgent. All of the discussion. I mean, uh, the the political parties in Ottawa are preparing for the parliament to open next week. What are they going to talk about? How are they going to buy the people with their money for the next election? None of this thing matters. There is going to be no country around anymore. Mm
0: -hmm. 100%.
2: And there is not a single voice out there asking the question that you and I have been talking about for the last year. Hmm.
0: No, not not a big voice, not a public voice, that's for sure. But again, as you say, that's the job of the people. We have to re-engage. We have to do this. We have to force this change. We do. Nobody else is going to do it. Absolutely nobody else is going to do it unless they're forced to do it through action by the people. That's it.
2: Absolutely, but in the North, but coming back to Canada and 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 the North American context. Mm. In the 20th century, there were two world wars and then the cold war, but the two world war was a shooting war. Yeah. And Canadians went in World War 1 as soldiers and Canadian and and in World War 2 as did the Americans in World War 1, World War 2. But neither Canada nor the United States was in any way touched by those wars. We were unscathed. Not one of our cities At were bombed. Right. No. You know, we, we, we didn't pay the price of the destruction and the casualties of the war. It was the men who volunteered. They faced the pr- They paid but the this price. Is, this
0: is expect- what I have a hard time with. I talked to my wife about this yesterday because she's European. And you would think the Europeans, the people would say, no. The German people, you would think they would say, no. This is, but it doesn't matter because even the foreign minister said, I don't care what the people think. In her words, she said, I don't care what the German people think. We're going to do this anyway.
2: Exactly, exactly. So the right? people, uh, we don't know unless unless this, this mass psychosis on the way they are right now, you know, whether you can see the timeline you know i mean this is again this war is the globalist war against russia because you know russia is standing for what you keep what is your call sign at the end of your program nationalism good globalism bad russia is standing for nationalism russia is defending its culture its nation state yes. so will china so will india so will many of the uh, BRIC nations, Bricks, the Global South, whether, whether we have agreements or disagreement with them on any of the issues that are, you know, open to discussion, given that, you know, there is the diversity of culture and understanding, we will have disagreements. But where we agree, all of us agree, that is those of us who share this freedom value that nationalism is good, globalism is bad. Yes. Right. So, but... Coming to Europe and coming to North America, that is the G7 countries. We're talking about the G7 countries. The World Economic Forum is the G7 countries, you know, yeah. uh, the European Union. This mass psychosis that is there in the minds of the Europeans and the North Americans over the last 30 years. Global warming, you know, I mean, when, when we could swallow... The people swallowed the lies, the opening lie, the opening gambit was carbon is a poison. Carbon dioxide is a poison, which is the building block of life is a poison. Once we bought that lie, we bought every other lie over the last 30 years to where we have arrived. You right. know, right. So this mass psychosis that we have been living in, otherwise, how do we have... A president of the United States who is maybe 80% or more in dementia. And people elect him. How do we have a third-rate actor like Justin Trudeau elected three times as prime minister? It is a mental psychosis that we are in, completely. How is it that in modern history of political parties, especially in democracy, we are talking about advanced countries. We're not talking about Indochina or Vietnam or Thailand or even India. We're talking about European countries and Canada and United States. That in the modern history, the parties of the working class, that is the parties on the left, were always anti-war parties. You know, the Labour Party was anti-war the Social Democratic Party was anti war. In Canada, the NDP was anti war. How is it in the last 30 years, the parties on the left have become the big defenders of war and warmongers? Mm. How is it that the party of, you know, who was the founder of NDP from your part of the country, you know, Saskatchewan, uh, you know, the name? Yeah, I'm, I'm just losing the name now, you know. Um, RB knows. Uh, uh, and RB, tell
0: me what's his
2: name? I can't think uh, either. Uh, uh, NDP leader. You know the man who's the godfather of, of of our universal health care and so on, so yeah. forth. he was the premier of Saskatchewan and then later on the leader of NDP in Ottawa. How is it that his party under Jagmeet Singh is a warmongering party?
0: Right. Yeah, Tommy see,
2: Douglas. Tommy Douglas, thank you. Yeah. So 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 there it is you know you we have the parties on the left who are warmongering parties and parties on the right who are globalist parties yes okay this is the west so well, this is the there, master- because there yes.
0: there really isn't a left and right anymore salim we've seen this convergence in globalism we've we've seen this they've all combined their forces to achieve the goals they want to achieve we need to recognize that and understand that the left and right has been used to divide us for decades and we need to, we need to forget about all of that and we need to talk about humanity and, and, and all of the values that the majority of Canadians share and, and that's what we need to, 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 to get people to start thinking about because it's all under attack, all of it.
2: Exactly, exactly, absolutely. I mean, the left-right divide in, uh, at, the, at the ultimate level is all fake because, you know, We're talking about life, uh, and and life means freedom. And when there is no freedom, there is no life. So when we look at the timeline, we see the acceleration of the globalist agenda from uh, COVID-19, lockdown, mass mandate, and as that came to an end, the acceleration with the war. Both the pandemic. That is the bio warfare. And now the threat of nuclear warfare is ultimately a matter of control in the hands of the oligarchs and their representative. I mean, when Klaus Schwab talks about stakeholder capitalism, well, what does it mean is behind Mr biden and behind mr justin trudeau it is blackrock and vanguard they are the stakeholder and 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 biden and 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 justin trudeau are simply the face and you mm-hmm. take out that you will put a new face pierre poilievre as it was you know uh mm-hmm. stephen hart and and so on and so forth you know so they're just faces in a deck of cards that is owned and controlled by the oligarchs, the Josh Soroses, the Bill Gates, and so on and so forth, and the Black Rocks and-, and, and Rockefellers,
0: and, Rothschilds, and, yep.
2: And, yeah, bankers. So, so there it is, you know, it, stakeholder capitalism. And 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 the rest of the people, the 95% of the population, are serfs. You and I are serfs. And this whole agenda of the globalists is, is is an open book, except the people through mass psychosis, they don't want to open their eyes. It is about depopulation, yes, and industrialization, yes, so that the one percent will carry on, you know, and have a, a, <laughs> about it. So yes. you know, they are banking that even if there is a nuclear exchange, it would be an exchange that would eliminate Russia or, mm. or people around Putin. Europe yes. is as dispensable as Japan was dispensable. Because, and I've said in, in, it, I've said it 19- for a long time,
0: Salim, they will stop at nothing to achieve this, to get what yeah. they want.
2: Exactly, exactly. They're playing God because when, when you have killed God, when there is no God, they are God. You see, and and, and, and we are basically and and the people are just going along, you know, with their blinkers and with their duct tapes and controlled by their leash, uh, mm. there is no free speech and there is no freedom. And you and I are talking. We, this can be deplatformed because you know the big techs own it. Yeah. If they want, they will. You know, I mean, they deplatform President Trump. So who are we? Mm. But yes. but it still comes back. Do the people? want to go up in smoke and ruin because if there is in the escalating ladder going up we hit that moment when it breaks out there's going to be a cascading effect even before there is a new a a, a nuclear missile fired by the, the americans or by the russians it's fired they can fire a EMP, electromagnetic pulse, over North America, and that takes out everything. Right. We will be into starvation. Right. There will be riots on the street. Mm. There will be no electricity. There will be no gas, no petrol. We know that, but nobody wants to imagine. Nobody wants to talk. Right. Nobody wants to put this in word. Our mm. media right. is totally, totally corrupt. Most
0: people don't have the ability Salim, to wrap their head around the consequences, they don't want to because they all live in their own little bubble and everything is fine inside their bubble. Unfortunately, reality is going to burst their bubble and they're going to it's just it's
2: (laughs) yeah, the living are going to envy the dead. Yes, this is the situation we are walking into. Mm. We're facing what the book of Revelation basically described mm. Mm. and this is where we are in our lifetime
0: yeah.
2: and it's yes. all Mr. Putin and the Russians say no we have a right to live in the way we want to live Yes. and we are not going to allow you to come into our area and dictate to us that's what it boils down to 100% And the same thing holds true for the Chinese, because Russia and China have now come together. And the same thing is being watched and observed by others, whether it is in India, whether it is in Brazil, whether it is in South Africa, and so on and so forth. Turkey, you're all watching and observing that this is what the American unipolar hegemony means, rule-based order means, that we will tell you how to live, we will tell you how to right. run your life we will dictate the terms of yes. your culture your education and if they've, you don't they've have written it but, all
0: down for us they've, yeah. they've put it all together for us in the 17 goals of sustainable development that's it that's where it all yeah. is that's the exactly. pinnacle right there right. and and people need to open up and understand that this is what's happening it's but hey, I mean, the media is pretty effective at what they do at framing all of this as conspiracy theory, you know? And it's much easier for people to accept it as conspiracy theory than actual reality. It's it's far easier for them just to cast it off. That, that's not really happening. Because they have football to watch on the weekend, right? They have hockey to watch every evening. So, you know, they'll go to work and then they'll watch hockey and football. Everything will be fine.
2: Conspiracy theory... Is uh, used to deride the people that those who are talking about it are discussing, it, to deride them, to dismiss them, to call them nutcase and crackpots, etc. Mm-hmm. But in law, there is conspiracy theory. The U.S. Criminal Code, you are a law enforcement officer, uh, in the U.S. Criminal Code, conspiracy theory is about. Any time two individual or more get together to discuss, plan, and engage in any activity, yeah, conspiracy to commit main.
0: whatever it is.
2: Yeah, like, whatever it is, happen
0: all day, every day. There's conspiracies right. happening,
2: and 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 so there is. I mean, the the big big body of law, the case by which Giuliani cleaned out New York of. The f- big mafia families in the 1990s, mm. the Gambino family and the all the other families,
3: Rico, uh, yeah. is Rico. Right.
2: Yeah, right, racket, industry, corruption, organization act. Yeah. So, so there is there is conspiracy. There is that conspiracy theory exists. People engage in them. What? we are talking about, you and I are talking about, is exactly pointing out those people who are engaged in the conspiracy. Well, and that's just it. It's
0: it's not theory. We know this. We know that Prime Minister Mulroney signed on to this agenda in 92, and when he returned to Canada, he didn't send his MPs to go and educate and inform all the constituents as to what they just committed us to. In fact, they did the opposite. They, They hid it. They covered it. And they called us who identified it as conspiracy theorists because they knew the majority of the masses would swallow it hook, line, and sinker. So it's all been by design. They've all been doing this. they are all been conspirators
2: in this. Fact. Exactly. Because if the people knew, and, and, and this was openly discussed, then the people would have said no to it. They, they would, would have, have
0: rejected it out of hand, Salim. Exactly. And they would so have that- probably told the politician trying to sell it to them that you need to resign immediately because we're not accepting any of this. But that never happened because they couldn't. And that's why Pierre Polivare still to this day ignores it and feigns ignorance about it because he knows that his party's responsible for it and he can't possibly accept that responsibility. So he just lies to everybody and tells them, I have no idea what it is, even though he's voted for it no less than six times.
2: Absolutely. So we circle back to the situation we are in All of these things will be non-relevant, irrelevant, if in the next few weeks or months we hit the wall Um, of what is at play. What is at play is Europe is at war. Europe, led by the United States, is at war with Russia. um, And when that wall is hit, that is, Russia is cornered to the extent... um, that Russia retaliates, we might very fast go up the ladder of escalation from high-end conventional weapon to possibly nuclear weapon because that would be the last resort when a country is faced with an existential crisis of the sort that Russia thinks. We have to understand the other person, you know, uh, of what the other person is thinking And what is going through that other person's mind?
0: But arrogant globalists don't care. They don't care what the other person thinks. They don't care. They have an agenda and they'll stop at nothing to achieve it.
2: Exactly. 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 Mm -hmm. So the last president uh, who thought about this matter when a crisis of this nature unfolded Mm -hmm. was Mm -hmm. President John F. Kennedy. He thought the matter through of what was in the head of the and what did they do to problem. him? Mm. And and they resolved the problem by understanding each other, and respect. They're, out of understanding each other comes respect. Out of talking with each other comes respect. Right. And that's what happened, and that's what led to his death, mm. because the military-industrial complex would not have that. Mm. And that's the situation we are faced with today. President Trump walked hand in hand. The first president since the Korean War went all the way to the demilitarized zone on the Korean peninsula and then walked across that demilitarized zone and shook hands with Kim Il-yong. It doesn't matter who Kim Il yong is in terms of his values, his ideas, his ideology. He is the man who holds the button to nuclear weapons in North Korea. Mm-hmm. President Trump met with him to understand him, to talk with him so that he can understand him. And there was the possibility and opening mm-hmm. of a whole new agenda. But then. Trump was removed,
0: and the, the globalists could care less what what Russia feels or what they think, because yes. they don't they don't care. It's irrelevant. They want to achieve what they want to achieve, and that's exactly. American hegemony. That's globalism, global governance. Everybody being dictated to from that position. That's it. Exactly. That's what they want. Exactly. All right, my, my friend. friend. Well, it's uh, I'm at two hours and fourteen minutes for this one, so I think we'll uh, we'll end this one to, for tonight. But um, I, again, once again, thank you for all your your wisdom and knowledge in this. Uh, It's important. And hopefully, you know, this video gets out and gets some traction and lots of people are exposed to this information.
2: So that's all we can do. Thank you very much, uh, Mark. And good night. I hope we'll talk again soon.
0: We will. Thank you, my friend.
2: God bless. God bless to everyone. Good night. Absolutely. Good night.
0: All right. So, uh, (laughs) pretty serious discussion, but, uh, we're the only ones having it and it needs to be had and it needs to be talked about and it needs to be done with, uh, with courage and conviction. And, uh, I don't, I don't hear anybody else talking about this. Um, We're in pretty serious times. There's no doubt about it. But what a time to be alive. I'm going to continue to do what I can do to uh, stop this insanity. Um, Die trying, right? (laughs) Anyways, tomorrow, 2 o'clock at City Hall in Saskatoon. I want to see a thousand people there that are saying no to putting our children at risk from predators and pedos that want access to our kids in city facilities. We need the city of Saskatoon to change their policy. We need them to exclude people instead of including these perverts. And we need to restrict Who goes in what washroom in public facilities? If you have junk, you don't go into the female dressing room. If you don't have junk, then you don't go into the male dressing room. You go to the family one where there's stalls. You change there by yourself. End of story. That fixes it. From that point forward, no pedos, no predators should have any access to these washrooms, regardless of how they, f- they fake their identity uh, and suggest that they're a, a woman. It's time we said no and hurt some feelings. I, we have to, for the benefit and the security and the safety of our kids. We have to hurt some feelings. Sorry, that's the way it goes. If you're a, a trans and you need accommodation, good. Have your accommodation. There's go to the family dressing room where there's stalls. You can dress there. You don't need to go into the female dressing room if you got twig and giggleberries and flaunt it all around to get your jollies. You don't need that. So I'm sorry, if your feelings are hurt, I don't care. And we need to take that approach and we need to go to City Hall tomorrow afternoon and we need to be there en masse and tell them enough is enough. That this shit is over. I don't know about you, but I'm I'm so tired of this. I'm we have to take a stand at some point. The people have to rise up and say no. Regardless of whose feelings are hurt. We have to. Our kids are too important to risk. I, I, I it's amazing that we're even having this discussion. So hopefully, hopefully we get a a shitload of people there tomorrow and and show City Hall that they got to stop this insanity. And then hopefully this mushrooms into something bigger that every other city in in this country stand up for their kids and and stop this this insanity and hurt some feelings. Like, seriously, what are we worried about? Let's hurt some feelings so we can protect our kids. That's it. All right. Anyways, uh, that's going to be a wrap for tonight. Uh, thanks, guys. Make sure you share this out. Uh, again, I'm, I'm just astonished, actually, that, that, that we still have to talk about these things. But I guess we do. Uh, stay tuned. I'm going to put up another flyer. I think Donna's, Donna's made a new flyer. I'm going to post it here shortly. Uh, It's probably sitting on my phone. Uh, Anyways, thanks, guys. Love each and every one of you. Um, Ciao for now. Remember, globalism, bad. Nationalism, good. All right. Ciao. (laughs) <laughs> sorry <laughs> uh, yes March 4th in Calgary at South Victory Church um, myself well here let's just put up the flyer uh, that's around here somewhere and um, where is it I thought I put it up oh yeah there it is all right Thanks, Dominique. I apologize for forgetting, but, uh, you know, a friendly reminder is always good. So there it is. Let's Talk Truth Conference, UN Sustainable Development Climate Change Agenda. Myself, yours truly. Salim Mansour, who we just listened to, our national treasure. Mark Morano from Climate Depot down in the States. He's fantastic. And Rayanne, who's going to speak about, uh, Rayanne Spottingville is going to speak about UNDRIP. And then we have, uh, of course, Archer Pulowski. So there it is. Let's talk truthconference.com. Um, and yes, the organizers are charging 50 per person because this type of thing costs money. And they're bringing speakers in from the States, from around everywhere, and uh, it costs money, so, and they're also providing a meal, you get to eat when you're there, so, uh, you know, 50 bucks, it is what it is, there you go, I hope to see all of you there, if you're in the Calgary area, um, and want to listen to some truth, Um, that's that, all right, There, I did my duty, Dominique. And that's a wrap. All right,
2: ciao for now.